Hi, I'm Megan, a former TV news producer turned freelance content creator. While searching for the elusive work-life balance, I realized I had built my life around my work when really it should be the other way around. So I clocked out of clocking in and decided to take on a workload that made sense for me and my family. Within my first year, I was able to spend priceless quality time with my girls while matching my full-time salary, leaving me content to create. Now, I want to share the lessons I've learned, the tools I've used, and more than anything, I want to share the people who've helped make this happen. I'm so glad you're here. Our next guest on the Content to Create podcast is Diana Carter from Carter House Copy. She has turned into a good friend, a mentor, and I am just so thankful for her and can't wait for you to hear our conversation about all things business, motherhood, and even navigating some really tricky conversations. Let's get started. Diana, welcome to the Content to Create podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. (laughs) I am so excited. I've been, even though it's been a wild week, I've been looking forward to this all week. So I'm so glad we could, we could do it. Yes. So at the time of recording this, Diana is preparing to take maternity leave from her business. So it's been wild and crazy and good though. Yes. All good. We're excited. It's just been, you know, it's just been a lot all at once, but, and our kids are sick. So, (laughs) but we're making it, we're making it through. So I want to start with how you started your business, Carter House Coffee. Tell me about the progression of how Carter House Copy came to be. Yes. So that's a great question. So I started my career in um, marketing and communications in the HR and benefit space. So I worked for a large um, employee benefits consultant for about seven years. And at the end of my tenure there, I was um, I was over the entire Eastern region for um, marketing and communications and, or, you know, the South Atlantic region, I should say for marketing and communications. And I loved the people I worked with. I worked for an incredible organization that, um, always took care of me and really like I always worked for people who advocated for me. So I was constantly, um, placed in, in, you know, people threw my name in the ring a lot is what I'm trying to say. And so, um, I learned a lot. I got my chops in business there. I feel like I got my chops in, um, talking to, you know, really important people was in the room with CFOs and executives when I was, you know, 24 years old, um, because people believed in me. And, um, at the time that I left, the reason I left was because I had just gotten married and I had, I knew that I was about to take on more responsibility with this employer and essentially make money that would be really hard to walk away from. Um, and with this responsibility, like increase in responsibility came more travel. And my husband, Tyler, and I knew that when we had a family, it was a value that I would be able to be present um, with my children physically and not necessarily be having to travel. I mean, I was traveling a lot, a lot, a lot. And it just it felt like it wasn't going to be something that I felt like I could not do in that position once I did have kids. So um, I left and I pursued um, a job in full-time ministry. So I ended up um, as a social media and communications director for a large um, multi-site church here in the Charlotte area and did that for about three years. Um, And when I left, you know, this large corporation to work in ministry, nobody goes to work in ministry because it's a lucrative profession, um, I took <laughs> I took a thirty seven percent pay cut, 
And um, we just kind of took a leap of faith and I took a 37% pay cut and I ended up, you know, to continue to make ends meet and, you know, pay our mortgage, um, I freelanced on the side. And so I was doing, you know, freelance uh, marketing consultant, freelance um, content creation and writing um, for people in the employee benefit space and from the communication standpoint, but also other clients doing marketing and, um, you know, web copywriting, web development and all that stuff. And um, then, you know, 2020 happened and the world shut down. I'm sure a number of your guests are, I feel like we'll have 2020 play a large part in their story. Um, 2020 happened and um, it just felt like the right time for a number of reasons to um, leave ministry um, because we didn't, we didn't know what was going on. I had just, we had a 18 month old or a 15 month old and I found out I was pregnant with my second and I knew that I, like we worked from home for a little bit, right? During COVID, it was supposed to be two weeks. And I was like, I really like this. And then two weeks became two months and then two months became, you know, four months. And I was like, I don't want to go back. And I loved my job and I loved the people I worked with, but I also loved having the flexibility to be with my son at the time and knowing we were about to, you know, I was pregnant with our second. So my husband said, and I have an incredible incredible husband who has always believed in me and always given me permission to be who I am and to try and to pursue my passions. He said, this is how much money you need to make a month. And I was like, okay, I can do it. But that's really how it all started. And it started as just me, you know, freelancing, picking up jobs here and there. Um, They were mostly all, all of them. I I didn't do any marketing. Um, They were from like relationships, right? People who I had either worked with in the past and said, Hey, I'm doing this thing, or we need help here um, to like people saying, Hey, like, I know somebody who needs this. I know you're starting to do this now on the side, like freelancing. Do you want to talk to them? And so that's kind of how it started. Which is a perfect segue because I feel like all of the um, clients that I have picked up have, have been the same thing except for you. I met you because I figured out um, a client that you work for that you were actually doing their work. And so I targeted you, Carrie Media. I mm-hmm. knew that you were the were the um, copywriter behind it. And so I sent you a LinkedIn message <laughs> and just said, if you ever need help, I wanna I want to be your person. Hire me. Yes. And I actually I think it was more along the lines of like I'm I'm trying to figure this out. I don't know what my next step is, but I'd love to talk to you to see if there is any kind of opportunity there. And it built this beautiful, beautiful mentorship, relationship, partnership. I cannot um, just say enough wonderful things about, I'm so thankful I sent that very Mm, awkward LinkedIn message. (laughs) It wasn't awkward. We should share it. Put it in the show notes. There you go. (laughs) Oh, I like that. I like that. Oh, but yes, it has, it has been great. So Networking has obviously helped both of us yes. grow our business, but it, it's the relationships. But tell me about kind of bringing in on, on a team because I, at this point in my business, I can't imagine, I can't yes. imagine it. And so you getting ready to step out, take maternity leave, and you have told me who I am part of the team and the others that are part of the team that you explicitly trust us with your baby business. And that must be so scary. Yes, it was. Well, bringing on a person at all was terrifying because like 
my name is literally on the business, right? This is actually like, this isn't some fun side. I mean, it's fun, right? But it isn't some fun side gig that I do for like play money. It's like, nope, we are a two income family. I need to continue to, you know, make, earn money um, for our family to continue to live our lives. And um, it, it felt scary to, as you know, I'm not an Enneagram person, but I know my Enneagram as an Enneagram type three, um, incredibly, you know, type A personality, like textbook to like start to open up my hands and release control to anybody other than me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew that I was missing out on a opportunity, right? Like opportunity and income and B, the flexibility that I had set out to you know, pursue by, by feeling like keeping everything like this, right? Um, there was, I was starting to um, limit myself and honestly, like pigeonhole myself back into this. You need to do it all. It all rests on you. You need to be working nine to five mentality that I left. Right. And I was like, wait, this isn't what you want. And so I brought on our first contractor. It was, so I, I launched, um, Carter house copy officially, um, like full-time, I think in August of 2020. And by the end of the year, I was like, I need help. Um, if I'm going to, I either need to say I need help or I either need to be like, no. And because at that time I was exclusively taking freelance clients, um, probably ridiculously underpriced at the time, but I, I felt like I didn't want to say no to things because it felt very feast or famine. It felt like it was like, go, it could be feast or famine, right? Like go, 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 go. You have all these clients who want you for these three months. And then it's like, okay, but like now it's over those projects. So, so what's next? And so bringing on a person helped me be able to kind of expand my services to offer more retainer-based clients that were, Hey, this person is paying you X amount of months for at least a six month contract to, to do, you know, this scope of services. And so that, because of my type A-ness, like provided some security for lack of better words and stability, really like predictability, stability to the income for our business, because it was what we needed, right? Like, again, it was money that our family was relying on. It was really hard, like I said, to kind of like just trust people with it and to let them go. This is my second maternity leave with Carter House Copy because my daughter was born in um, April of 2021. And this time feels so incredibly different for like in, in, in a hard way, but also in a like, like breath of fresh air way, um, a hard way because we have more clients. We have more clients that are big hitting clients. We do we do more for people um, and we're really integrated into the teams of the clients that we work with, myself included. Um, and so it feels scary to step out. However, like the, the breath of fresh air piece of it is like I've said to you and the others on the team, I completely trust you. And I think I even said like in this, you know, absurd 20 page maternity leave planning document (laughs) that I put together for you guys, (laughs) again, type A is like, pretend I disappeared. And like, I left, I actually put, and then I changed it. I actually put pretend I died and willed Carter House copy to you. But I wrote, I wrote pretend I disappeared and I will be found. (laughs) But but that you're in control. Like this is now your business. And so like feel empowered and feel supported and encouraged to make judgment calls and make decisions because I trust you explicitly. And even if those judgment calls or those decisions are different than the ones I would have made, 
no one's going to die. Like the world's not going to end. We work for and with really incredible people who understand that this is a time of transition. Um, and I trust you and I, you wouldn't, I wouldn't continue to pour into you and to invest in you or, or, or give you opportunity if I didn't, you know, and that goes for you and everybody on the team. And so, um, like I trust you and I need to rest in that. Like it's going to be okay. Oh, that's so beautiful. But I also think there are so many people out there, so many businesses, so many that just don't get this opportunity with maternity leave. Like you mm -hmm. are that they don't, they can't step out or they don't feel like they can. And how, how amazing it is that you can, that you do yes. feel that you feel like you can do that. So. Yes, I feel. And it's because of the people like I, I think, like I said, I, you know, if this was a year ago, I don't know if I like could have, you know, but it's because of the people that are on our team. It's because I have learned um, sometimes through necessity and sometimes just through choosing like Tyler, my husband constantly reminds me, like, can't someone else do that? Like, can't. Why are you? Like you have a team and he knows you guys and trust you. Like he, he's not saying that in a negative way. He's saying like, he is constantly reminding me, like you have a team of people. Like when you delegate to Megan, you're helping yourself, but you're actually also helping Megan, right? Because like yeah. Megan is working, Megan is getting hours. And so he reminds me of that. And so, um, I think, like I said, a year ago, I don't know that I was there, but now I am and still scary, but I know as soon as they put a baby on my chest, like my worries are going to go away about work, you know? Yes, absolutely. So. Well, I feel like I, I kind of know the answer to this because of the way that we built our relationship and knowing who else is on the team, but I feel like our values truly align. And that's mm -hmm. one reason that this works so well for us um, because we are moms first. Yes. Period. Moms yes. first. How, how do you go about picking someone to be on your team? Yeah, that's a great, great, great question. Um, I listened to a podcast. Uh, I think I want to say it was a Jenna Kutcher podcast, but she had this like team building hiring type expert on who like actually on the show. And I mean, I thought this was so amazing of this guest and I forget, forget her name, which I feel bad about, but she said on the show, like, here, just put my email in the show notes. And if people want to email me, I'll send them this like checklist of, and it wasn't like hop on my list. Like now you're going to get all the, it was like genuinely out of the goodness of her heart. She put this together and sent it out. And, and she, I emailed her and she sent it to me and it was incredible. Um, but she talks about like not hiring on a feeling, right? Mm -hmm. Like um, you can't just like someone and hire them because I mean, there are a ton of people who I like who could say like, hey, like, I'd love to help you, but it just wouldn't work out for a number of reasons. And she kind of talks about this balance between like, yes, like you obviously want to enjoy the people that are on your team and you hire, but they also have to meet a very clearly stated um, business need. And they have to have a very clear, not necessarily like, like a ladder to climb, but like here are the things that I want you to do. And like, when we think about hiring and bringing someone on our team, we think, well, duh, like I would obviously have a job description. I would obviously have a list of responsibilities. Um, but in many ways, it's so much more than that. Like, for example, with you, if we were to look at like the, the job description that you were brought on for, um, it's all very, I feel like tactical 
practical, right? Like mm-hmm. it's very like task oriented. However, from the get go, I have said to you, like voice your, like, you're not just a doer, right? Like you are a strategic mind who has a lot to bring to the table. So I don't want you to just sit there and be an order taker and do the thing that either I am delegating to you or that a client is saying he or she needs. I actually value your opinion and I actually value your brain and your input on this. And so like challenge me, challenge them, like take ownership of this. And so um, I think like, you know, to answer your question, like how do you go about like finding someone who aligns? I mean, the feeling component, you want to like the person you work with, but you also like, sometimes I think it can be trial and error, like bring someone on. And then if it doesn't, if it blows up in your face over 30 days or like after 30 days, you're like, this isn't how I'm working. Then like, you know, it, it stinks to have to like have a very difficult conversation with someone and then go and find another person. But just having that initial conversation, having very, very, very clear expert expectations about what is expected of them. Um, and also being really upfront about like your culture, right? Like mm-hmm. I have said to everybody who's ever, and I've never been burned by anyone. I've never brought someone on the team. Like we've had the first person who was on the team left to pursue other things. And she was wonderful. And it was sad when she left, but it wasn't like she left on bad terms or I felt burned or it was because she was doing a bad job. Like she, it was just like, yep, she's going to go do another thing. And that's awesome. And we'll make it work. Being really, really clear about like your values is so critical upfront. Like I even said like to you, to every person on the team, like, I don't really care when you do the work, right? I'm not, I, I don't care when you do the work. If your kids are sick, you can tell me if you want to tell me, but like, if I don't hear from you for an entire day, it's not like, I'm like, where on earth is Megan? She, she's not responding to emails. Like you're a person, you're a mom. We have people on our team who are not moms. They're still people who have life situations come up. They need to go to the dentist where they have a family emergency. Like we had a girl on our team who had a family emergency. And for like two full weeks, she was kind of like basically inaccessible. And I said, don't worry about it. Like, thank you so much for telling me. Right. But this is, this should be the least stressful thing on your like life priority list. Right. Um, And that's really how I feel about work, you know, Mm -hmm. is that life is stressful. I never want to be the employer or the thing on your list that you are like, I have to do that thing for Diana. Like I genuinely don't. And if you ever feel that way, I want you to come to me and be like, Hey, like this sucks and I'm dreading it. And then like, let's figure it out. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I feel like you have been very good about that, about and I'm trying to get to that word because I know that this is where this conversation is going, but about setting boundaries, not only for you, but for your team. And so allowing us to work within whatever we have said, we want to work for you. It's Monday through Thursday. For me, it's like, I can only be available nine 30 to 12 o'clock because that's when I have, my kids are not here. And that's the only time I want to take meetings. Mm -hmm. And you respect that. And like, that's just how we work and we've made it work somehow. Yes. Um, but I feel like you are an expert boundary, boundary layer. <laughs> setter, boundary setter. Layer is fine too. You are an expert boundary setter. Talk me through that. Yes. I feel like somehow this like has been 
people have said that about me. And I am like, you're not the only person who say it, who says it like the, the women on the carry team say it. I've got friends who say it. They're like, Hey, like, you'd be so proud of me. I set this boundary today. And I'm like, what is that? How is that actually translating into people's actual perception of me? Like, am I a jerk? You know? And, and I know, and that, but that is like, you know, the misperception or the misconception yes. rather around boundaries is that if you set these boundaries and you hold them, that people are going to think, you know, ABC of you. And the reality is, is like, um, you can be a jerk and be a good boundary setter, but I really try to set my boundaries kindly. And it is my responsibility to hold the boundary, not you. Right. So if I don't work Fridays and you're calling me three times on a Friday, which by the way, you've never done, but you're calling me three <laughs> times on Friday and I answer the phone, that's not on you. That's on me. Right. Um, whereas if I just let it be like, you know, that that's, the boundary. Obviously, if you called me three times in a row, I would think there was some sort of emergency and I would pick up. But the the reason that I think I am comfortable setting boundaries and I am, um, you know, good at it from other people's perspective is because I feel like I constantly, I mean, like constantly remind myself of my values and my why right? Like I did not start Carter House Copy to build an empire, to have a million followers on Instagram, to become to somebody who says, I just had a $6 million year. My family does not need $6 million, right? Like my family, <laughs> we have very realistic financial expectations for our family and we have goals. Don't get me wrong. Like we have financial goals that we are working toward. Um, but the purpose and intent of this was never to become a millionaire. That wasn't why I left church work. That wasn't why I left corporate America. The reason I left these other employers was because I wanted to work on my terms. And I mean, at Carrie, we always say make work work for moms being because being a working mom should work. The way that that worked for me was to take matters into my own hands, dictate my own schedule, dictate what I would say yes and no to because I wanted to be as physically present as possible with my children. Um, so for me, that looks like you said, I work Monday through Thursday and um, I do not work on Fridays. Um Fridays are my day with my kids uninterrupted. I mean, my email is off my phone. I'm not mm -hmm. checking it. My out of office very clearly communicates, hey, I'll check in with you next week. Um, and people respect that. People know that about me. Um, and so I feel like the constant reminder, like literally in front of my face over and over again, is like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? It's not to become this empire. It's so I can support my family because we're a two-income household and be fully, fully present with my children physically. Um, and I mean, sometimes I forget, right? Like yeah. it is, you and I have talked about this personally, like with some of your other clients or some opportunities that are, you know, coming your way. It's like, mm -hmm. where we had a conversation yesterday about yeah. expanding, like expanding your scope of work within a specific client. And it was like, yeah, that's just not really what I want. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, you were able to say, Hey, like, this is, a, yeah, it would be a great opportunity and I can do it and I'm good at it. But at the end of the day, I have to ask myself, is that what I want? Is that what I value? And it wasn't. And so you said no. And saying no is a complete sentence and saying no is a boundary. And um, you had said, even in that conversation, you know, I'm really, really proud of myself for saying no, you know, and I thanked you for saying no, because it gave me permission to then 
you know, go back and say no um, for this specific opportunity. And so um, I think just being mindful about that, about what your values are and having people close to you who are going to remind you of your values and like almost hold you accountable. Like, and for me, that's Tyler, right? It's Tyler. And it's oftentimes it's my parents because they know my goals or um, sometimes it's you and it's, it's that it's hard to say no to great opportunities. It's hard to say no to financial, you know, like financial gains sometimes, but this sounds so cheesy and so cliche, but I just, I remember reading this quote and I'm sure anybody in the entire world has read something similar, but it's like, when I get to the end of my life, I'm not going to be sitting on my deathbed going, oh, I wish I said yes to that opportunity. Like I'm going to be at my deathbed saying, gosh, I wish I had more time with the people I loved, you know, and like my kids and my family and my friends. And so like, that sounds so dramatic and so cliche, but sometimes I have to like, get to that point, you know, yes. to remind myself, like, I can always make more money. I can yes. always make more money. You can always make more money, but my kids are never going to be this age. Um, this is never going to be our life. Um, like this day is never going to happen again. And so for me, like, I always want to be mom first. I love it. I love it. Running it through that filter, I feel like really does put put your life back in perspective and it makes the the no's easier. If you say yes here, where else are you saying no? So if you say yes, yes to this opportunity, you're saying no to your family. And yeah. that's been that's been a good filter for me as well. And I I used to have on my like in my old office, I used to have it like on the bottom of my monitor that I wrote out. Um and I'm sure you've seen this too, but if it's like, if it's not a hell yes, it's, it's a hell no. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about like that, you know, conceptually before of like, there have been times I've worked with people where there've been red flags. I knew that I knew that I shouldn't have worked with this person, but I was like, yeah, I, I can do it. It's a good opportunity. It may lead to this. And then those red flags, like mid contract are, you know, waving like crazy. And they're like, Hey, remember me? Like, remember two months ago, this little red flag that you ignored, um, and so I think really like trusting your gut in that capacity to say, like, if it doesn't feel right, like you cannot miss what is meant for you. So saying no to this opportunity here to honor your values, to honor your boundaries, isn't going to come back and bite you, but, but saying yes to it in spite of your boundaries or in spite of your values, because you're, you have this scarcity mentality nine times out of 10, it's going to come back and bite you. And I've oh. lived it. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good advice right there. Okay. So we'll go ahead and start wrapping this up. And I like to end with questions about, um, specific to the podcast, content yeah. to create is the name. So what leaves you content? Mm, that's such a great question. Um, I think for me, what makes me like, leaves me feeling content is knowing that I'm not trying to like carry the weight of the world on my shoulders when I am in a, and this is something that for sure ebbs and flows. Um, I think again, I say I'm not an Enneagram person. I guess I just know a lot about it because everybody talks about it, but like, I know that you can be one number in health, right. And you can be another number when you're not healthy. And when I am healthy and in a good mindset, I can release things, right. I can say, um, 
that Tyler will take care of that, like personally in our house. Right. And it's going to be fine. And even if it's different than the way I, I would have gone about it, Tyler can do that. And I just need to trust him mm -hmm. or, um, that mess can stay in the sink, right? Like letting stuff go and not feeling like I need to carry it professionally. It's the maternity leave plan. You know what? I've done my best. Everybody understands it. Surely there's going to be stuff that comes up that maybe I missed. They can make those decisions and it's going to be okay. When I'm in health, I can make those, like I can let things go. And that makes me feel so content. Now, if I'm in a really stressful season or the, the kids are sick and there's a leak in the ceiling and the car needs to be served, you know, and things are piling up and I'm not doing a good job of managing, then I, I know my tendency is I start to it's almost like counterintuitive. Like, why would you take on more? Mm -hmm. But I'm like, I need to do this. No, no, no. Give that back. I need to do this because everything's spiraling. And so I'm like clawing for control. Yes. Um, so the contentness for me is when I'm in that healthy space of like, I don't need to be, I'm not the glue. I yep. am not the glue, you know? Yes. I love that. Okay. And then um, obviously content can be read as content. So what is one piece of content you think everyone really should be looking at reading, watching, listening to? Oh, like professional or not? Yeah. Okay. Um, oh goodness. This is so hard. Okay. So right now we are like slowly working our way through, obviously like everybody else's Ted Lasso. I tell everybody, <laughs> I'm like, if you are just like, I was, I was talking to my mom and my mother-in-law about it. I'm like, if you can get past the F-bombs yes. in that show, um, it is so wholesome, which is funny to say, right? If you can get past the F-bombs, it is so wholesome and so light and so funny. And for the longest time, I didn't watch it because I was like, that's a show about soccer. Like, I'm not going to watch a show about soccer, but it has very little to do with soccer. Yes. Um, and so I just tell people, give like three episodes of Ted Lasso a, a chance. Jason Sudeikis does an incredible job. Um, and so that's what I think everybody should should binge watch right now. That is the perfect answer. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, Diana, thank you for giving me your time. I really appreciate it. It's been wonderful to talk to you on this platform, yes. although I'll probably talk to you on many others today. Today. Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> Email, boxer, or text. I don't, yes. Sometimes I'm not sure where we're having our conversations, but I know. <laughs> but today it was on this podcast and it's been wonderful. I appreciate it. Thank you your for time. having me. Thank you so much for having me. And it has been, I, you can edit this out if you want, but I hope you'll keep it in. It has been such, such a joy to, to work with you professionally, to see what you like, what you don't like, to see, um, your passions grow, but also you really hone in on things. And then more than all that, just to know you and to get to know you and your girls and your husband and your family, um, so I'm so, so glad that you sent that awkward LinkedIn message that she's going to link in the show notes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thanks for joining me today on the Content to Create podcast. If this episode resonated with you, I'd love to hear from you. Send me a message. You can find me on LinkedIn or Instagram. I have both linked in the show notes. See you next time.